welcome to another episode of Combustible. <laughs> All right, are we really ready to start? Yeah. Okay. It's okay if we laugh. Welcome to another episode of Combustible. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, our survey of uh, always listen to the boots on the ground uh, and where that came from and kind of what we're thinking on it. But uh, first we should kind of go over where the idea came from. We... Um, Shane, did you read the mission? The minute? I did. Okay, it so was, all three uh, of us. We remember it was recommended that I I read it. Remember? No. By a firefighter said you need to read. Oh this. right, 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 right. That's okay. what started the whole. Yeah, thing. and then I think I read it because you were reading it, and Hatch, you had read it before think, yeah, both was, of us. Right, right. Wessels. This is uh, one of Wessels' books that okay. he recommends. So that the the book itself is a. Uh, golly, what was the unit? They were army. They were Delta? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, I think they were Delta. Anyway, yeah, it's... Yeah, I think you're uh, right. Delta. Yeah, and uh, they've got a mission in this valley where, you know, they're going to go in and kick ass and then things go wrong. And uh, the author, Pete uh, Blaber, has some real, uh, has some lessons throughout the book. What? You're right, former um, Delta. Former yeah. Delta, Okay. Uh, and one of the, if, if there's one lesson to this whole book, the mission, the men and me, it's to always listen to the guy on the ground, which we changed to the boots on the ground. But the idea that, uh, the people, you know, that those people are the best at making those critical decisions, I think. So where did you guys land after well, reading the book? I wanted to make sure that the, the readers understood the, the principles of how that book you know, got its title, The Mission, Men, and Me. And that was his uh, guiding principles, that the mission uh, comes first, period. True. And then the welfare of the men was second. And then the leader, commander, uh, the me portion is always last, right. period. So that that's that general concept where he was driving that, um, where that came from. Right. Hatch? And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Pause. I agree with that. Right? You know, the way that he ordered that, the mission, the men, and me. Right. right. So I, I like that part. Um, but the boots on the ground, listening to the boots on the ground thing. I mean, there's there's some wiggle room in that a little bit, some discussion room. I, I mean, I agree, but I think a lot of people don't. And we can go over the survey results in just a minute and show what some of our listeners thought. But, yeah. you know, Colin Powell says the same thing. You know, he has a, this thing where he would say that, uh, all of the people around him, which he was at the top of the organization, he wouldn't trust them. He he wanted to hear what the, the guys in the field said. And if the guys in the field said something different than the people around him, he's, he said, my stated default is that the guys on in the field are correct mm-hmm. until they're proven wrong. And I always agreed with that, you know. But I do think the wiggle room is there. Right. Because I wonder what level on the ground he's referring to. Though. Yeah, because can't you be a little too close to it? Sure. Well, you can I mean, see the trees, but you, not the forest. But when you say, uh, you know, talk to the goal, the guys or the, the crews or whatever on the ground, mm-hmm. there are st- still levels on the ground. Right. He didn't say, I went down to the to the lowest <laughs> brand right. new grunt. Right. Just the rifle hit, the, the fox hit the ground. Right. He just said, I went to the ones closest right. to the... So this is a good entry into our survey results. We put this out on Facebook, and 33 uh, people responded. Thank you, 33. Probably yep, 33. mentioned that part. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have at least 33 listeners. 
or yeah, followers. Maybe, yeah, maybe they just check the Facebook page. That's, maybe that's a good point. Anyway, uh, of the 33 responses, 93.9% were uh, in operations. We had one person respond that was in training and one person that listed themselves not in the fire service, which would sound like a retiree. Uh, and then of those 33, please indicate your current rank role uh, or the highest current rank role if you work in multiple departments. 36%, the largest uh, captains. Uh, we had a lot of responses from firefighters, 12%, 21% were driver operators, uh, 16% lieutenants, and then some other responses uh, throughout that. And then uh, of those 33 responses, please indicate the number of years of experience you have in the fire service. There was pretty equal distribution, 21%, 21%, 24% among the 21 to 25 years, 16 to 20 years, and then 11 to 15 years. So we had a lot of uh, that 33 that's in kind of the middle of their career, if not the later part of their career. 12% of the respondents were 6 to 10 years. And uh, let's see, 15% were 26 or more, which is interesting. That's mm-hmm. That's a, a big, a big section. But uh, on, this, on the question, in a few words, please describe who you think the person with the boots on the ground is. Uh, almost, and I'll read a few of these off, but uh, almost exclusively, well, you can, I will let the listeners judge for themselves, but the one in the middle of the shit, uh, people on fire apparatus, Anybody in the organization that is directly involved with field operations, so that puts it more than just on the truck, but, you know. Uh, Senior man at the station, which is an interesting one. Uh, Operations-based firefighters, the ones actually doing the work. No bullshitting it and riding the ones doing it. Uh, Line operations, frontline, field personnel, i.e. firefighters, EMTs. Members that are mission-focused, members with experience and knowledge that will be assigned to perform the task, assignment, or duty. So, I mean, I'm not going to read all of them, but they're all in the same the same realm, with the exception of the one. If we were giving an award, uh, I'd want to give an award to one particular respondent who, in, in answer to the question, in a few words, please describe who you think the person with the boots on the ground is. This person replied, Kyle, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. It made me laugh. <laughs> Does it necessarily help? I really help? want to meet Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, <laughs> whoever you are, we'd please, like you to be a guest. So this us. episode's dedicated to Kyle, Kyle. because Kyle is we boots on the ground. You. Right. Right. Uh, just no, just call it Kyle on the ground. <laughs> Not even boots. Just Kyle on the ground. Right. Always listen to Kyle. That's right. So everybody that responded to the survey uh, pretty much put that person. I, I mean, even senior man at the station was still... Uh, Almost exclusively, these were people on the trucks, right? Yeah. Everybody agree? Okay. I would agree to that. Okay. So here's where it gets a little bit interesting. The first three questions on the survey were very, very similar. Uh, The first one was always listen to the person with the boots on the ground, and the respondents had the opportunity to, on a scale of one to five, one being, um, I can't remember how we worded it, it was... uh, strongly disagree and five was strongly agree um in answer to always listen to the person with the boots on the ground the overwhelming responses were uh in in the five category uh and then almost as many in the four and then it trickled off with a few in the three and one in the two and that was the one that said always listen to correct the person on the ground and then the next question which is very very close but not quite the same always trust the person with the boots on the ground. 
And the interesting thing about those results is that they didn't skew as heavily to the fives that strongly agreed with it. It moved down the graph a little bit. It's more of a, a bell curve, but it's strongly centered over the four. So it's not an all-out strongly agree, maybe an agree. And this one is always trust what I'm telling you. Trust. This one is listen to what I'm saying. Right. The second one is trust what I'm saying. Right. So that moves us into the third question, which was a please finish this phrase. The person with the boots on the ground is blank. And the choices that we gave them, a one to five score, was a one was always wrong and a five was always right. And the results here were strongly centered over a three down the middle, skewing with a curve that went uh, toward the five. But there were no responders who, who said strongly, um, always wrong or just wrong. It, it was either a three or above. Right. But 17 of the 33 gave that a three. Uh, 51%. And then 39% gave it a four. And we had three who, uh, three respondents who, Finish the phrase, the person with the boots on the ground is always right. Right. I wanted to make sure that so I understood too. <clears throat> the person with the boots on the ground is always wrong or always right. Always right. And, and the then there were three. Yeah, the, the three the would be a sometimes in right. the middle, sometimes right. So the interesting thing for me looking at these results, and you guys tell me how you felt about this, but the interesting thing to me was um, well, let's talk about Hatch. You had brought up when we put the survey out that these three these three questions were very similar. Right, right. I thought that may confuse people a little bit. You know, are we basically asking the same question? And it's not. It's a very subtle difference right, right. amongst them, and that's the wiggle room that I was talking about. But I think I've, I think your 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 concerns were true. They are very very. They were deliberately similar. Right. right. But um, were you afraid maybe the the people that were taking the the survey just kind of proves through it too quick and maybe didn't really. I was afraid that that was what was happening. It was going to happen, but their results actually showed that they paid a lot of attention to the wording, which, you know, know, my kudos to our listeners that, you know, you're actually taking this very seriously. Right. And I appreciate that. Because the, the subtle difference where this, you know, always listened to tended as high as it could go. Then the always trust backed off a little bit because there's room for us to be wrong. Right. And then when the question was, you know, are you right or are you right wrong, wrong. It, right down the middle, the middle right, you know. Right. Right. Uh, but one of the interesting things that I would point out to, to some of our listeners about these two questions are that the always listen to and the always trust are questions not about the listener who has taken the survey. They're questions about the leadership. You're evaluating what somebody else should do. Mm-hmm. The third question is about you. Is about you. I'm always right or I'm always wrong. And we got to where, well, I'm not sure that I'm always right. You right. know, um, I, you know, the survey results, you should listen to me, but I'm not sure that I'm right. And then not as strongly, you should trust me, but I'm not sure that I'm always right. So what do y'all think of that? You know, I, this, this is the part that was surprising to me in we talk about as uh, leaders or that leaders to make better decisions, they need better information. And so I agree with the whole listen to you're, you're just collecting information, you're right, collecting right. data, you know, right. so you should listen to them and what they have to say, just totally ignoring them and sticking to your plan and not being willing to adjust your plan is going to be uh, you know, a pitfall for you. Right. But then it goes back to, are they always right? And should you always trust them? I mean, you can have right. you know, somebody who's, 
totally off the rails, you know, and giving you information, and that may not be the person to trust. And or you could have a very senior individual telling you exactly, you know, what you need to make that decision. So, right. I mean, they did a great job. I mean, it really kind of shows exactly what I was thinking of, you know, how similar right. it is, but how really different and the nuances of, of that. Right. And, you know, even from their own responses and looking at their own departments, they can kind of start peeling back the layers of like, why is there a little disconnect? Well, the boots on the ground don't always have mm-hmm. the total picture of what they're doing. And when the guys are making the decisions, they may listen. Now that I know that a lot of times they think they don't, but they may listen to them. They just right. might not go your way. So Shane, how would you have answered those first three questions from me? Yeah. If you were taking the survey, you didn't take the survey. No, I didn't. Um, You're a horrible listener. I didn't know what I was supposed to. <laughs> so I'm going to take the survey right now. Yeah. How would you have answered and question I am, one? From my position. No, no. You I don't don't what make your I? position part of it. Yeah. Take Just, it as Kyle. Yeah, you're Kyle. How would you have? I, I, Is that okay. your middle name? I, I'm good. No. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I think it is. Uh, I would have tended to go high on the first one, listen to the, the right. person on the ground. I would have landed in that four or five because I think it's important to listen to them. Right. The second, always trust. I would say yes. I would want that trust to be high. Right. However, that is such an individual. You really said it best. You have some people that you are going to totally trust, and then some people you're like, uh, they don't know about. Yeah, because they traditionally haven't given me good. If somebody's in the middle of the fight and they're totally emotional about it and whatever, they're not really probably the most trustworthy person at the time. You know, great, listen to them. There may be tidbits out of that that you right. can use, but trusting them completely maybe yeah. not the right time. Exactly, period. and it kind of goes into the third part is the person with the boots on the ground is always right or always wrong. Um, and I did say that right, right? Yeah. That's So it's yeah. always right or always wrong. I think I might have landed in the middle because sometimes they are right and sometimes right. I am wrong or they or me or whoever has taken that. I, because you, I don't think you'll always be right because that person, whether it's me or some, you know, the line firefighter or whatever, doesn't have all of the information on the entire totality of what's happening. Right. So... I'll listen to you and I'll trust you, but what you wanted to do might not have worked out in the big picture, right. the bigger picture. So Hatch, how would you have answered the survey? Same way. Yeah. 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 It's pretty much it, uh, completely in line with how I would have answered it myself. And like I said, that's putting a lot of thought into the wording specifically. So again, I was very impressed that, you know, that they paid that much attention to right. how it was worded. Didn't just go, yes, we're always right. Yes. We should always be listened to. Yes. You know, we should be trusted. Yeah. Now, the results ended up right where I would have been. I would have been an always listen. I would have given that a five. An all, a, a, the always trust, I would have skewed to a four. Right. Just a little bit off of the always trust, you know? Yeah. And then the, you know, always right or always wrong, I'd have been right in the middle, middle on a right. three. Yeah. You know? And I, I most of our, you know, the, the 33 responses tended to that. Right, that same yeah, pattern, you know, which I, I agree with wholeheartedly. What about um, let's what about the conversation that we had about um, who do you think the person who is the boots on the ground? All right, and so I know you and I. Yeah, that's where we kind of start to. This is where some of our listeners might go. You guys are full of bullshit, it. right? You know, throw the throw, throw a flag. the flag. Yeah, but I do think it's worth talking about because when you try to answer that, if I was going to answer this fourth question, I couldn't say 
Um, and I'm probably going to steal something from you, but oh, it's mine because I said it first. Yeah, there you um, go. It's really the person whoever's closest to the action. Okay, that, so let's that let's, action might not be right. what you think it is. So that's yeah. So the the example that I wanted to use for this was the movie Aliens, the second movie in the Alien franchise, back from 1986, where uh, we Never turn heard of it. yeah we turn the. <laughs> What was it again? Yeah. We take the the horror movie and we make it into a horror slash action movie with colonial marines and I would, you I know. classify it as a horror movie. I love that movie. Was it a horror movie? It's action I movie. Think it's still a horror movie. I mean there's still some anyway. Yeah, that's a that's a I different need to revisit that movie. That's a it's different a podcast. Movie. So I, um, I think that, that movie <laughs> I think that movie has some excellent uh, examples of boots on the ground okay. decisions. And well, before we go there. This isn't exclusively for the military or for the fire department. This could be no, a restaurant. Sure. Absolutely. Could the be restaurant owner and the waitresses and the busboys. Yeah, yeah. you know, right. You're building whatever. You know, so the, who gets so caught up? I mean, we had one person that said they weren't in the fire service or whatever. Right. Like maybe retired, maybe some, yeah. some other type of We've business. We've got listeners that aren't in the fire <laughs> service. That is an absolute fact. We <laughs> I think we have one. Last week. We used to have one. I don't know. Hopefully no. she still listens. Yeah. No, we have another one. Sweet. We heard from, from, heard from her last week. Awesome. Well, yeah. In the healthcare industry, well, the women love us. It's oh, great. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, so you know, you can just look at it in different things. But like you were saying before, you know, who is the boots on the ground? And it to me, it'd be the people not you know closest to the action, who put hands on, you know, are, are doing the the majority of the hands on portion of it, not the thinking portion or the admin portion of it. That's where we'll end up peeling this back. Right. Yep. 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 So in the movie, you've got this, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, there's this uh, threat of an alien on another planet. Uh, The main character, Ripley, has experienced this threat on, you know, in the first movie, and she's brought in as an expert to go in with these colonial marines who are going to a planet to face the enemy. And um, very... Not not too long into the beginning of the movie, and hopefully I'm not ruining this for anybody, but they go into uh, this hive, this alien hive, underneath a nuclear reactor, and uh, they get their asses kicked. Are, are you going to do a spoiler alert for the 1986 Yeah, yeah exactly. Movie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're already out there. No, I mean, my, you spoiler know. You might be Somebody's some people that's see never it. seen yeah, this. Yeah, my son's got to see it for the first time just a few years ago. So, anyway... Um, they go in, and after they get their asses handed to them, and there are only a few of them left, they are, they've retreated, and they've got somebody who represents a corporate interest. And uh, the decision by the boots on the ground is we need to take off and nuke the whole site from orbit. And the, the corporate guy says, whoa, 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 you know, this, this facility has a substantial dollar, you know, value. You can't make that decision. It's above your pay grade, that kind of stuff. And um, I think in that in that part of the movie, that's an excellent example of where the boots on the ground have the best information, and they are making the best decision. You know, I mean this this is it. You know, this is what we need to do. Ultimately, you know, again, spoiler alert, but the the damn nuclear reactor blows up in the end and does exactly what they were going to do from the from orbit with a, with a nuclear warhead. So, um, that's a, that's an excellent example of that. However, uh, just before that, when they go down into the hive and the Lieutenant, Lieutenant Gorman and Ripley, our expert are back in the, uh, 
the personnel character watching everything on screens that monitor everybody. Um, Ripley raises the question that aren't they underneath a nuclear reactor? And he says, yeah, why? And she says, well, they're carrying armor-piercing rounds. Aren't they going to damage the reactor? And he has this realization like, holy crap, yes, they are. And he gives the order to those Marines, round up all the ammunition. I don't want anybody firing down there. You're to use flame units only, flame, uh, you know, incendiary weapons. So he gives them this order. Now, in that instance, who's the boots on the ground? Because the, the soldiers would have been shooting the bullets they had. They technically are the boots literally right. on the ground. However, right. they don't have the best information. For that particular decision. Now, it's he's wrong because he doesn't give them that information. It would have been very easy to tell them, by the hey, way. You've got some bullets. Yeah, you know, you've, you've got something happening uh, or that could happen. And he doesn't give them that, them that information. And that's a disconnect. Connective command, not communicating right. fully Rack all the information of why you why you're making right. the decision that you're making. Hey, we don't want you to shoot it because you're underneath the nuclear reactor. You're going to cause bigger problems. Right. They're so, like, oh, what would the boots sense. on the if if Good he had tip. said, hey, you can't shoot because we're going to all blow up. What would the boots on the ground have said the decision then was? Probably a good decision. Well, no, no. I mean, but what what would their what would their recommendation be back up if they're the boots on the ground and they know what's going on? I'm the one walking into a, a hive, and I mean, it. if you've never seen the movie, it truly looks like this, this hive thing, yeah. and you're walking into this, and there are dead people uh, cemented into the walls of cocooned. the hive, yeah, cocooned, where, where aliens have exploded out of their chests. I mean, you're walking into this, and somebody's telling you, by the way, you can't fire at anything, so... You can only burn it. Yeah. Um, but they didn't tell them that well, part, though, right? Well, no, they tell them they can't fire, right. but they don't tell them why. why. Right. So wouldn't the boots on the ground at that point say, I don't think we need to be in here. Right, right. Time to pull let's, out. Yeah, it's like, let's let's back up. We need to change strategy. So him not expressing that really messes with them, and a bunch of people die. So that's, you know, I think that's a good example of they didn't have the best information. The boots on the ground don't have all the information, but not sharing it, ends up costing. Yeah, that was, yeah. you know. So similar to like if we go from offensive to defensive, but we're not explaining. Exactly. Why? You know, why? What, why the conditions change, why we want you out. And every once in a while, you don't have time. Yeah. You know, there's just not time to get on the radio and tell you, here's what I'm seeing from the outside and blah, blah, blah. And so-and-so just came stumbling out of a, or so-and-so just three firefighters just came out the window on the, the Delta side, you know, and their gear's smoking and they're black and, you know, I don't have time to relate that over the radio. Everybody out. Everybody out. But that's there's a whole trust level there. And in mm. the movie, they don't trust the lieutenant at all. Right. Very inexperienced. Yeah. So there's two. That's two examples. One where the boots on the ground are solidly right, and one where the boots on the ground don't necessarily have all the right information. So they're not. They're they're they're, they're falling into that. Always listen to the boots on the ground versus always trust the boots on the ground. The two questions that we raised. Mm-hmm. But earlier in the movie is an even more muddy situation where as they're approaching the planet, the, uh, they gather up in the bay, the hangar bay of the, the spaceship, and they call Ripley over to brief all of the Marines on what they're about to go into because they have no idea. They were just sent on a mission, and, you know, here's your briefing. And she stands in front of them and starts describing the, the alien that they're about to come up against, 
Another bug hunt. Yeah, and they completely just, dismiss yeah, her. Blow her off. They're like, look, just tell me where to where to shoot, you know. Now you're in a situation where the boots on the ground, Ripley, who has the best information, she's been there, she's done that, are trying to tell other boots on the ground what they're about to go into, and they don't agree. Right. So when we say that the boots on the ground are always, we should always listen to, we should always trust, the boots on the ground are always right, who's right with, you know, Ripley, and where do you get in the middle of that? The been there, done that kind of people. Well, I, I think it gets into that spot, and this is, uh, it gets into that spot. So the boots on the ground, right? They they say, they say, I need you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to trust me. But they don't, in that situation right there, they give um, no credit or, um, they, they give nothing, no credit whatsoever to the person who is maybe making the decisions as if they did spend some time there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. she spent some time there. You spent some time there. But they whatever don't know her. Right. She's just some civilian. So no boots idea. on the ground don't listen to other boots on the ground? That's what Clearly. I'm saying. Is right. it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if you've got one crew, and let's put it back on the fire scene. You've got a crew in one part of a structure that says, command, we need to get out of this structure. This is not, you know, for whatever reason, we need to be defensive on this. And you got another crew on the other side of the structure that says, give me 30 more seconds and we've got this. Now what? Boots on the ground, and I'm asking all the boots on the ground that are listening, now what? Right. One crew says get out, the other crew says 30 more seconds. Which one do you believe? Right. Are you waiting for me to answer? (laughs) (laughs) Am I looking at me like... No, I think it. I don't think you can. You you have to make a decision in that moment. But yeah, I it's think case the, specific. The important thing for the those all of us who have been or are boots on the ground, you have to realize that you might not be the only boots on the ground. You know, to say that everybody that's riding a fire truck out there is going to give the same feedback, information, whatever recommendations is not true. So, if the leadership makes a decision. And it's not the decision that you as the boots on the ground wanted. Is it possible that it's not that they're not listening to the boots on the ground? They're listening to other, other boots, boots on, on the ground. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's a really well, good thank point. You. <laughs> no, I think it's a good one because what, what happens is... <laughs> Shit, I don't know what to do with that. I think when... <laughs> I do think it's a good point because I think when people get... Um, feel some kind of way about because they didn't get listened to, they just chalk it up as they're not listening to anybody. Right. And that's not necessarily a fair assumption. Right. It's just not. And um, the other part of that, and the part that kind of, in the movie that kind of bothers you, is that they totally dismiss her experience, that she's been there and done that. They just totally dismiss that. And I think that happens right now. On the fire ground. However, in the fire department. later after they realize what they're facing and that everything that she said was true, they take the remaining Marines that aren't dead, take her into their group, and right. you're now one of us. You know, here's a weapon. Here you go. They actually start listening to Newt, the little girl. When we put her in That's charge. That's an excellent point. <laughs> I didn't even think of her. 
She is boots on the ground. She is boots on the ground. But, but she's a little girl. She's a little girl. But she had more intel of how to survive that. She survived here with no training, whatever she says. Yeah. She was like, well, we put her in charge. <laughs> uh, but I was going to talk about, too, something that we do very similar with this is uh, busy departments versus not as busy departments or big departments versus smaller departments. How many times do those bigger department guys yeah. kind of just blow off a smaller guy? Absolutely. He may be boots on the ground. He may have intimate knowledge about something. Right. Uh, you, you don't run as many calls as we do, so you don't you don't know. You know, it's a, the thing that Pabell talks about. You know, that bothers him coming from a right. smaller department. And I always try to push the people. You know, what you're going to learn from them may not be you know the, the way to force a door or something like that. But there may be things that they deal with on a day to day that you don't. Sure. That can so help you if you just get your ego out of the way and listen to what they have to say. Right. Because they're, you know, a good example is a smaller department may not have the number of personnel that you've got on a scene. And right. they do things different because it's one person forcing a door instead of two people working together. Or it's one person pulling a hose instead of, you know, a whole group of guys pulling hose. Right. So, you, you know, can learn. Yeah. Just, absolutely. you know, that boots on the ground may be, you know, the, the neighboring department or whatever, you know, don't just blow them off, right? Because you don't think they run as many calls or they're not as busy as you are, right? Listen to what they have to say. What's it, what's it going to cost you? A little bit of time. So, one other thing that I would want to talk about with boots on the ground is the and really expand on that idea of who are the boots on the ground. So, as much as firefighters don't want to admit it, there is administrative stuff that has got to get done to keep the department running. Can I put a pause on this for a second? Sure. I want y'all to turn this into a drinking game. I want y'all to take a, drink, a shot every time we say boots on the ground. Oh, because golly. we have said it like a thousand <laughs> times. These guys will be so hammered by the end of this thing. It's hilarious. <laughs> maybe not a shot. Maybe, maybe a little swig I'm of beer. sure we yeah, <laughs> a shot. advocate that. Oh, okay. Saying. We didn't say it work. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not do not do it at work. Yeah, yeah. No, but, um, you know. And I don't even drink. There are. Me neither. There are. Um, I'll do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to Mikey. Um, there are things that happen that have to happen in the department uh, to keep the department running. Uh, and I mean, the, the primary example that I'd come up with is the budget. You've got to have a budget. You've got right. to have money. We've got to be able to pay you. Who are the boots on the ground when it comes to how to apportion that budget, you know? Because it's not the guys on the truck that know how to get the budget done. Right. In that in that mission, it's actually the higher ups that know how to how to get the bush how to get the, the budget approved, you know? Uh, and I'm saying that as somebody who really doesn't even know it's the people above me in the department that know really how to get it done. So the boots on the ground has to be conditional on whatever the action is, whatever right. that mission is. It can't be that I think there's a tendency, and I did this before I really started thinking about it after reading the, the labor book. Um, there's a tendency to want to, when you say boots on the ground, push it as low as possible in the organization. Right. And that's not where it has it. Most of the time that is where it is. Like I said, I would have, I would have given it a five on the first question, or a four on the third, on the second. Listen and trust. But you, you can't just reflexively push it that that's where the best information is. Obviously, all the decisions impact those people the most. They're the largest part of our organization. If it's a fire organization, they're the largest part of the organization. It's the most impact. I get that. But 
the boots on the ground are not necessarily at the bottom on that or whatever else it is that, you know. So they, I just, I would caution everybody on this tendency to push it yeah. low. No, I think it's a good point. It, it's easy to do that, but the reality is everybody needs to step back and think about those levels of where they do land. And, and it supports the, the concept, uh, Blaber's concept of the mission right, is the most important. Right. Well, every, that mission has levels and layers and each. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's the most important. Right. Period. Yeah. I hadn't Getting thought of it the in mission terms that, done. that his book actually supports that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever portion is the most working towards accomplishing the mission right. is the boots on the ground, whether it's the admin or whether it's right. the field ops or whatever it is. And I, I, mean, I want to stress, there is no point in running a fire department or whatever organization you're is, but I'm speaking from a fire department. There is no point where any decision should disregard the the firefighters on the trucks. A hundred percent agree. There's just there's no you such thing. It shouldn't it can't even really happen. And I, I mean I I'm well this is a time period too where, <laughs> where this is really coming to light right now too. Well this is essential. And what is essential? The people getting on the trucks and going on calls. No, no, I I I I have 10 rules that I give to anybody that works for me. I have 10 rules. And the first rule is that whatever we're doing, and this is the rules that I gave the people that were working with me when, when I was at training, wherever, the first rule is everything we do supports operations. Yeah, that's the mission. Everything. Because if, we, if there's a recession or something and <laughs> the budget gets cut, and we've got to start slicing away sections of the department and we can't do community ed anymore because we don't have the money for it. We can't do business inspections because we don't have the money for it. The last thing that will get cut is those trucks rolling. And we're seeing that right now. Right. I mean, everything you're talking about is peeling those things back to its core, uh, its core mission, you know, uh, Dealing right. with the respiratory illnesses going on, you know, we're peeling those things. If if staffing is impacted so bad, so whether it's money or if it's staffing, you're reeling those things back to right. the core, uh, to that core mission, to support the mission. Yeah. So. All right. Have we been that way, Dad? I think we have. All right. Oh, I'd want to say one thing though. Oh, go yes. ahead. Sorry, 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 sorry. So what if we? Yeah. <laughs> what if we flipped it and said? Um, instead of boots on the ground, administration, okay, or whatever you want to call it, executives, okay, uh, executives always should be listened to. Executives should always be trusted. Golly, executives are always right. I don't, oh boy, I don't, I don't, I don't think I agree with that. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just curious if we just flipped, if it, I right. flipped it to the leadership. So, well, let's go into the last two questions on the survey because they kind of go with that, which were, uh, please rate how you feel about the following statement. I think that the leaders of my department understand the needs of the responders and the options that the responder had was uh, either you strongly disagree or strongly agree again. It was a scale of one to five. Um, but in answer to, I think that the leaders of my department understand the needs of the responders, it was pretty strong it was a nice curve over from one to five but it was strongly weighted at three below yeah two three yeah uh and then the second question i think the leaders of my department should provide whatever resources the responders say they need in order to do their job was kind of the opposite it it 
was concentrated over the three, the four, and the five, almost well, evenly. Let's split that up. That first one, it says, I think the leaders in my department understand the needs of the department. That's the one, uh, needs of the responders. That's the one that skews more two, three, but Correct. still got some heavy ones in there. So oh, yeah. this group at very best is saying, no, I do not believe the leaders in my department understand the needs of me. Yeah. And we should point and, out that four people rated that a four and one person rated it a five. Somebody out there, their organization is doing it. But I think that uh, what Hatch talked about earlier is probably what gets this is this lack of communication. Mm-hmm. To me, when I see this, I, I think there's a communication issue. Right. That's what I see. It's not that we don't understand. It's that we're not, we're not doing a good we're job. We're not showing you how we do understand. Right. Or how it works or how it doesn't work or whatever the case may be. It's not that it doesn't work, but when you start to peel back the picture and see more of the bigger picture, then you can maybe start to understand, well, that doesn't really work the way I thought it was going to work. Right. So I I feel like that is a communication that's indicative of of poor communication. Okay. Um, this, this, the, the last one, I think leaders of my department should provide whatever resources the responders say they need in order to, this is always, this is always going to be a difficult one. And I don't know that you can ever get there. Well, it was a deliberately, first of all, the responders, responders, which by the way, I was one. You did? Yeah. (laughs) I used to do that. We can't even agree. (laughs) <laughs> what we need <laughs> on scene most of the oh, time. Oh, no, I thought you were saying you took the, the survey. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. I'm just saying there was a once upon a time I actually did ride well, a fire truck. But that's what a lot of people in the organization don't, uh, they don't, they know. In our organization, what is it, like 70? Yeah, it was just crazy. 74% of our organization, of our fire department, uh, were hired after you and I made chief. Right. They don't know us as anything They else. never saw us ride a truck. And that's not their fault. No. But it's a perspective thing. They never saw us on fire scene with turnout gear going in, you know. Hat shrugs. Hat shrugs. Yeah, I never, I never really thought about it with my department. Who knows whether I rode a fire truck or well, not. Well, do you think it's important? Why? I mean, well, because if, because if they sit back and if say, they, you don't even know what it was like yeah, anymore. You don't, it's like my son. He's Why like, am I listening you to don't me? know what it's like to be a teenager. I was a fucking teenager. Well, I know, but I mean, everybody was. I mean, does, does that give it any more relevance to your son? Does he like, oh, you no, know, it doesn't. Exactly. So why does it matter? <laughs> and that shows up I, and yeah, puts, that's, the, puts the right. hammer down. You're exactly right. You're right. Don't, so what you're saying is don't listen to the criticism when they say, you don't even remember what it was like. You just, dis, you don't even, yeah, you just, I mean, what, whatever. What, obviously, you had had to ride the truck at some point just because they didn't see it and they didn't experience it doesn't mean anything. Obviously, you'd been a teenager before. So, you know, all right. So this brings everybody up Everybody thinks it's different, it's different now. Than when, and this, there are things you've that forgotten. Are t- this brings up you've a good question. Like, so in the 60s with the hippies. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was born in 69. This is as close as I can get 70. to it. 70. Yeah. No, so in the 60s, there was a saying, never trust anyone over the age of 30. Right? And that was kind of this, don't trust anybody over the age of 30. And the equivalent of that today, I think, is the OK Boomer meme, you know, which is this hatch. You don't look like you know what we're talking about. I have no idea. I there was this. On it also. Yeah. There was this, uh, I think it was a video of this old guy complaining about millennials. And probably his name is Hatch. <laughs> yeah. No, and the I, response I to him can. was, "Okay, boomer," and the "Okay, boomer," a boomer is a baby boomer. Yeah, yeah. B- 
became this, you know, anybody that's okay. Come, yeah. It's the same thing. Don't trust anybody over the gotcha. age of 30 kind of thing. Gotcha. The problem with that idea is most of you are going to end up being over 30 at some point. So right. where do you reconcile this? Don't trust anybody over 30. Right. If you're in the fire service, there's a good number of you who are going to promote up the ranks. Right. At what point do right. you, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, are you, said that. are you saying now that, well, screw this, they don't know what they're doing and it'll be different when I'm up there or I, I don't know. I just, it is, it is funny to watch that change, you know, where at the station level, they're like, Oh, you know, you know, team and blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as they, you know, right. Move up the ranks, you know, their eyes get opened and they're like, Oh, I get it now. Right. You know, and, oh, you've changed, you changed. Ah, the responsibilities changed, you know. But don't, it, would you really want somebody to spend a 30-year career in something and not change? No, 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 no. And I'm not talking about, you know, violate your principles. You know, you you know, when you when you first got on as a firefighter, you were, you know, this great firefighter, and by the time you're up, you know, you're sacrificing babies and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not talking about that, but. Hopefully there's growth, right? Right. I mean, that's why I, I go back to like one of the first episodes and Marty Green says, I don't think Firefighter Green would like Chief Green very much and I don't think Chief Green oh, would like Firefighter yeah, Green right. very much. And, you yeah. know, and that's him within looking at himself in that arc of his career. And I'm, right. I'm the exact same way. I know I'm hard to manage. I know it. Even now. Right. I couldn't imagine what it's like to be my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm tough to, to manage. And as a firefighter, I was worse. You're shitting me. No, no. <laughs> Firefighter driver, dude, I was brutal to I people. I would have loved to have seen that. You, you probably would have. It was it was quite entertaining um, for others. <laughs> I think, and I'm, I'm Not being some of my serious victims. when I say this. It would be fun to get somebody who's retired now. Talk about. Yeah, to talk about that. To, to talk about what it was like, you know, um, and their perspective on it. On what it was like to what? On to hatch? supervise you. Oh god. Uh, yeah. Oh jeez. And I'm not I'm not just with? picking on you. I'm saying any yeah, of us. Uh, it would be an interesting thing to hear, you know, because you obviously see it a certain way, but to hear what they thought of it, you know, was it really that hard for them? Or did they see you as a very talented person who was coming up through the ranks, who's learning as they go and this is would be interesting. It would. I'm sitting I, here I, thinking about myself. Like I don't know if they'd yeah. be a hundred percent forthcoming. I'd want them to be, but right. Everybody well, thinks I'm going to lose my you know, temper about it. Marty's a perfect example because Marty, Marty was one of the best leaders that I worked for in my career. And Shane and I all asked him multiple times, "Are you telling us?" What we, you know, that we're right. doing good when we're not really doing good because. I don't feel like we ever got the answer. No, we didn't get an answer. Either. We didn't, we never got an answer because he might have been, that might have been part of his management or his leadership was to encourage and yes, point out when you did something wrong, but not harp on it, right. you know, and you're doing way more good than you are bad. So I'm not going to bring the bad up anymore, you know, and it, it made me wonder, oh, am I really doing as good as he says I'm doing or is it? But I still wanted to do good. It didn't make me go, well, screw this. I, no matter what he, no matter what right. I do, he's going to say I'm doing good. So right. therefore, to do, I'm sacrificing to do babies. Yeah. For yeah. Marty. Yeah. <laughs> you and these babies, man. What is uh, going there's on? a song, a cake song. <laughs> cake. How cake. did we get on this, yeah. by the way? Well, this was, no this was the, the offshoot of growing uh, growth. And anyway. Yeah. All right. I think we've done this one. But uh, yeah, we beat it up. Yeah. Let's, uh, we do need to acknowledge that, uh, 
hopefully this isn't your first time listening, so you notice that the theme music to our podcast has changed. We've got a a theme song now that we're using by the Golden Dogs. Uh, They were kind enough to let us use their music. Um, Thank you. And we would be remiss if we did not say that their music is um, available on most popular digital stores and on CD from True North Records, and we really appreciate them letting us use their music from here on out because uh, we were getting a little bit tired of the previous. It was the, as much as we love the military, what was that, the Navy band? What did I say? I think, I think it was the, what it was. I think it was the Navy band. We were using that uh, for so many years because it was public domain. Anything that's done by the federal government like that is uh, can't be copyrighted, and it was free. So, but the uh, the Golden Dogs have let us use this, so we really appreciate it, and uh, we thank you for listening. We're on Facebook, CombustibleThePodcast.com. Uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, which apparently nobody listens to us on Google Play. Uh, we got a room. And I mean, that. I, Shane was making a point. Maybe nobody listens to Google, Google Play. I don't know. It's hard to believe, though. But there are there. When we look at the data, there's literally nobody listening on Google Play. Hmm. Zero. They're nobody listening to us on Google Play. Yeah, that's yes. a challenge for you guys well, out right. there. But, you just uh, but we're Play. on iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Where else are we? Basically, everywhere iTunes. that you listen to podcasts. So um, we appreciate you listening. And uh, as always, uh, we're on. Twitter as well, at Bill CTP. <laughs> at Hat CTP. At. Has no idea. I can't remember. A Shane. A Shane, yeah. Yeah. All right. I had to write this down at one point for us to all be able to read it off of because we can't keep up with yeah, it. Yeah, that's working out great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at Troach, although he's not here. Today. Yeah, yeah. Troach wasn't here. But we miss him. He's busy uh, coronavirusing it with the department preparing for uh, the end of the world. So. <laughs> It's so haphazardly. Well, I, maybe it will be the end of the world. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Well, well, well. <laughs> let's let's finish this one before we get into it. All right. <laughs>